0: Second baseman shed long When I get that call, first call I'm making, I got to call my parents. And I mean, it's just going to be, I don't know, a dream, you know.
1: Long with a fly ball
2: out towards the left field corner, going back is Hill. It's over his head and it's gone.
1: I'm C. Trent Rosecrans, and this is Great American Dream, the story of the minor leagues told through the eyes of Red's second base prospect, Shed Long. They're minor leaguers and they're prospects. The Red Shed Long started as a minor leaguer and has turned himself into a prospect. Prospects are defined as players who are expected to make an impact at the big league level. Minor leaguers, well, they're expected to play in the minors. Professional baseball is a pyramid, built on the backs of those who didn't reach the big leagues, and serve as training for those who do. It's not to say you have to be a prospect to be a big leaguer. Heck, some like Reds right-hander Tim Adelman were, at one time, considered not good enough to be a minor leaguer, much less a prospect. And here he is in the Reds big league rotation. Prospect status is built on talent and reputation, but also results. The draft tells you what people thought of you at first. There were 374 players the baseball industry thought were better prospects than Long in 2013 when he was drafted. There were 12 players the Reds thought were better prospects before taking Long. That list includes Michael Lorenzen, the team's second first-round pick that year, who has proven to be a good pick for them at number 38 overall, picked before both, and even five picks before the Yankees' Aaron Judge, who's the leader for not just American League Rookie of the Year, but also the AL's most valuable player, was outfielder Philip Irvin. Irvin's currently in AAA Louisville and made his big league debut earlier this season. These evaluations are ever-changing. Baseball America is kind of the Bible for minor league baseball. It's a magazine, a website, cover the minor leagues as well as amateur baseball and, and the big leagues. Anywho. Baseball America updates its prospect list even twice a year. Before the season, Baseball America prints its handbook that ranks the top 30 prospects in each system in baseball. In the 2017 edition of Baseball America's prospect handbook, Shed Long was ranked 16th. At the All-Star break, the magazine re-ranked its prospect and took notice of what Long did at Daytona. The Reds' 12th round pick four years ago is now the number eight prospect in the system. That was the best number that had been associated with Long for much of his time as a Blue Wahoo. In our last episode, we checked in with Shed after a brutal start since being promoted to A. As of July 10th, he was hitting just 118. Since, though, things have started to turn around. In the 11 games since then, he's hitting 282 with 11 hits and 39 at-bats. In his 21st game with the Blue Wahoos, he finally had more than one hit in a game. In Daytona, he had more than one hit in 26 of his 62 games. That's nearly every other night. In Pensacola, it was twenty games of one hit or no hits. Shed Long
3: swings at the first pitch and lines a base hit in the left field. Everyone will move up a base and have to
1: stop there. But now there's a bases loaded jam here for Michael Mater. Only one out still for the catcher Joe Hudson.
3: Alright, watch your phone. The alert should be coming in no time
1: now that long is the triple shy of the cycle. Well, prospect lists her opinions. The results are there for all to see. At number eight in the red system, Shed Long's now solidly in the prospect category.
0: Yeah, you know, balls are just, I mean, the only thing is just balls are starting to fall, you know. I mean, the numbers don't tell for how I've been playing. And, I mean, everybody that's watching knows that. Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many line drives I've hit right at someone. Heck, robbed of a home run. So, I mean, it had not been the best luck, but, yeah, balls are starting to fall now, so, you know, things will be back to normal for real soon.
1: In baseball, now prospects are more than just players. They're also commodities. July is full of prospect talk because the trade deadline is looming. July 31st is the non-waiver trade deadline. It's not that teams can't make trades after July 31st. It's just that they become more complicated. July 31st is the day where teams let the baseball world know if they're going to try to make a run at the playoffs or if they're conceding the rest of the season. There are buyers and sellers and prospects are the currency. That means whatever happens at the big league level can impact the players and the minors. As Shedd sat on a bus with his teammates going from Montgomery, Alabama back to Pensacola recently, I talked to him by phone and asked him if he and his teammates paid much attention to the trade rumors.
0: I mean, we, we, see, we see what trades are going on and Who's being talked about being traded, but I mean, it's not really something we worry about. I mean, we talk about it sometimes, you know, who we think might get traded or something, you know. But yeah, it's not really something that we just really just focus
1: on or anything. Because the Reds clearly aren't trying to get active big leaguers to push for a playoff run, Shed Long and the rest of the Blue Wahoos don't really have to worry too much about being uprooted and moved to a new organization. The Reds are more likely to lose an existing player on the big league roster and add to the minor league depth. That's what happened last year when the Reds traded Jay Bruce to the Mets. Bruce, a three-time All-Star, was sent to the Mets at the deadline for two minor leaguers, left-hander Max Woodle and Dilson Herrera, a second baseman. That's where things get interesting. Long as a second baseman. There's only room for one everyday second baseman at the big league level. While Woodle is a young left-hander and hasn't had prospect status bestowed upon him, Herrera had Herrera, 22 at the time of the trade, made his big league debut at 20. He's also a top 100 prospect in baseball by Baseball America. He had 49 big league games under his belt. When you're in the minors, you not only have to work your way up the ladder, sometimes you have to leapfrog others as well. Herrera is another obstacle in the way to Long's big league dream, or at least that's the view from the outside. Long, though, is more pragmatic. He said he can't look at it like that. In the end, both Long and Herrera, as well as other second basemen like former first rounder Alex Blandino, are all there to help the Cincinnati Reds win. Infighting, jealousy, or anything else just isn't productive. I asked him about it.
0: I mean, I saw it, you know, and I, I looked and seen who he was, but I mean, I, I'm not really worried about it, and I didn't really worry about it then, you know. I I had the attitude of, you know, I handle my business and I do what I do then I'll be there, you know, no matter who it is.
1: For minor leaguers whose teams are in contention, it can be different. Not only do you have to worry about the regular day-to-day details of minor league life, you also hear the whispers. If a big league team is going to make moves, someone in the clubhouse could be gone the next day. Two years ago as a member of the Royals organization, Brandon Finnegan had heard his name as a possible trade candidate, but he brushed it aside no, the Royals actually had told my
3: agent that they had no intentions of trading me. So that's <clears throat> that was uh, that's what kind of made me mad about the trades that they lied pretty much straight to my face. But um I mean once it happened I was mad for a little bit but then once I got over here I was completely fine. Um they gave the Reds gave me a way better opportunity than the Royals were ever gonna give me and you know I wasn't that's not trashing the Royals, that's just <clears throat> That's just stating the fact. I mean, I did well out of the pin for them, and that's all they knew about me. So, um, but the Reds, you know, they wanted to give me a chance, and they have. And uh, I've so far, I've done a pretty good job
1: of, of, uh, you know, showing them I could start. So, I mean, I got, I got lucky. When, um, when it happened. What do you? What's the first thing you do? Because it's 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 uprooting everything, and it's not like it's in the majors where everything's taken care of. You for in the minors, it's a little different.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I just got sent down a day before, two days before. So, um, I mean, honestly, nothing, nothing really changed. Um, I just picked my shit up and left pretty much. <laughs> um, I, I called my parents, told them what happened. Um, you know. Talked to my agent and then I went to the hotel, picked up all my stuff and left and had to head to Louisville for
1: a couple weeks and I was here. Baseball, you hear all the time, is a game of adjustments. You adjust from pitch to pitch, at bat to at bat, and game to game. Players have to react to what has happened, but adapt and move on quickly. Same happens with a trade. There is an advantage for a young player getting traded. For the most part, a prospect coming over in a trade will be filling a need for his new organization. The team that gives up a prospect isn't expecting that player to fill in an immediate need, or else they wouldn't make the trade. For example, when the Reds needed a starting pitcher before the 2012 season, they went out and got Matt Latos and gave up several prospects that would go on to become All-Stars. Still, it filled a need for the Reds, and of those three players that were then minor leaguers and would go on to success elsewhere, Two of them were position players who were blocked by others. Yonder Alonso was definitely a first baseman first and foremost. Despite his great season for Oakland this year, he was never going to unseat Joey Votto. The Reds decided to keep Devin Masarocco and trade Yasmani Grandal. Masarocco was an all-star in 2014 and Grandal the next year. Reliever Brad Boxberger was also in that trade. He, too, was an all-star in 2015. All three of those players were also later traded by the Padres in other deals, continuing their process of prospects as capital. None of the three made an all-star team with the Padres, but with other teams, the A's, Dodgers, and Rays, respectively. A new organization brings new eyes, new evaluations, new opinions, and new ideas. Finnegan famously became the first pitcher to ever pitch in the College World Series and Major League Baseball's World Series in the same year. Drafted out of Texas Christian in the first round of the 2014 draft by the Royals, he became a valuable part of the team's dominant bullpen, the team made a run to the World Series. The Royals weren't sure if he was going to stay in the bullpen, or if he'd get a chance to start in the future, but they knew he was a proven performer out of the bullpen, so the team moved him up and down in 2015 in that role. Ultimately, though, they needed a frontline starter. They ended up trading for the Reds' Johnny Cueto. Cincinnati's front office thought Finnegan had a chance to be a starter. Soon enough, he was in Louisville's rotation along with left-hander John Lamb, who was also in the deal. The third player the team acquired from the Royals, lefty Cody Reed, was sent to Double A Pensacola.
3: We all three were in the minors at the same time, so um, you know we all, we're all doing well too. That's the thing; we all having really good seasons, especially John and Cody. And um, you know, we we kind of built the case for them to trade for us. I mean, that's, it's nothing against the Royals at all. They needed they needed a good frontline pitcher, and they got one. And you know, he, he pitched well in the World Series, and that's all they needed. <laughs>
1: It certainly worked out for the Royals. Cueto had his ups and downs in Blues, but his ups came at the biggest times, a dominant Game 5 performance in the Division Series against the Astros, and then he notched a complete game victory in Game 2 of the World Series, as the Royals went on to win the World Series in five games, in no small part due to Cueto's heroics. Cueto left Kansas City as a free agent after 2015, signing a six-year, $130 million contract with San Francisco. The fact that he was going to get a rich free agent contract is why the Reds traded him, and the fact that he could is why the Royals traded for him to win a World Series. It's the success story that encourages teams to send future assets elsewhere in hopes of adding the missing piece for a title. Quick aside here, every player who plays for a World Series team that year traditionally gets a championship ring. Fenegan, who contributed both on and off the field for the Royals title, has one. It was definitely
3: bittersweet to leave, but, I mean, I still keep in touch with all of them and still talk to them a lot, so, um, you know, I'm very thankful for the opportunities I was given over there, but I got a great one here, too.
1: <laughs> it had to be weird, though, that year to watch them in the World Series. it
3: was definitely tough. It, was, it kind of made me mad at, at one point, but then again, it's just like, you know, they worked hard, they deserved it, so I was definitely very happy for them. Um, I still got a ring. <laughs> it's, it's definitely different than, you know, being there, though, so... Um, but it was definitely tough to watch, for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially because you had been in the world. So yeah, was the year yeah I was there the year before, and I knew if I was still a part of the organization, I would have been there that year. So, But it's, I mean, it's part of the game. I'm not the first person to ever be traded. I'm not going to be the last.
1: Finnegan wasn't even the last player to be traded to the Reds in 2015. Four days after the Reds traded Cueto to the Royals, the team sent another starting pitcher, Mike Leak, to the Giants. The headliner in that deal was a right-handed pitcher named Kayuri Mea, The other player in the deal for the Reds was a corner infielder that had actually homered off Leak in his big league debut the year before, but he wasn't seen as part of the Giants' future. Red Scouts saw a player they thought had the athleticism to play in the outfield. That was Adam Duvall, who at the time was playing for the Giants' AAA team in Sacramento. Like, he was literally playing for them at just that time. He recalls the day of the trade. He was in Sacramento playing first base against Las Vegas and Dilson Herrera. He had already had two hits in that game and knocked in his 80th run of the year.
2: The trainer trainer called me to the side and said, hey, I got a phone call for you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that probably can't be good. Um, So he pulled me into the bathroom and gave me the phone. It was the GM, Bobby Evans. And he said, hey, um, you know, you just got traded, um, but it's
1: still pending, so you're still going to go out there and play. So... Duvall went back out to the field for the eighth inning and struck out looking to start the bottom of the inning. He was replacing the field in the top of the ninth because by that time he was no longer property of the Giants, but the Reds. And then came out and said, Hey man, go
2: pack your bags, you're you know, you're traded, so that's how I found out.
1: What was your first thought?
2: Uh you know, I mean it was it was very bittersweet because I you know, I had Spent five years in the, in the, you know, system and, um, you know, but again, I was getting to come home closer to my home and in Louisville and so, you know, I was excited for the new opportunity.
1: That takes some of the sting off it that you're going to Louisville.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, that's my home, that's my hometown and so I got to play in front of them and then eventually made it back up here. So
1: It's one of those things that nobody wants to get traded, but a lot of times it can give you a, a new opportunity, a new lease. I mean. You are playing third base there, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I was playing some third and some first, um, and, and I played a little bit of outfield with them, but um, mostly infield. And then, you know, come here and pick up the outfield and, you know, got a good opportunity.
1: I remember that day when Walt was telling us the trade. He said, you know, this guy's played first and third, but we really – our scouts really think he can play the outfield. It's it's amazing sometimes what somebody from the outside sees that, that other people don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you kind of get stuck inside of the box and um, – you know, and, you know, it's just something that happened, and I'm thankful for it and because, you know, I
1: enjoy playing the outfield, and, you know, obviously I've had a great opportunity here. Duval, like Finnegan, was up with the Reds at the end of 2015, both getting a chance to return to the big leagues. Finnegan now is a starter, and Duvall now is an outfielder. Finnegan would lead the Reds in starts in 2015, and Duvall would make the All-Star team and be rated by many statistical models as the best defensive left fielder in the National League. It's easy for players to fixate on the website mlbtraderumors.com or what an agent or a teammate is telling them. But at the end of the day, it's still baseball. Every player in the game has to perform to stay in baseball. It's as simple as that. If a player performs, he's going to be wanted, either by his organization or another. So what is a player to do with the trade deadline? Play ball. Regardless of the rest. It's all that matters.
0: To me, I'm not really looking at it every day like, oh, who's in the trade rumors or uh, am I going to be traded or anything. I mean, I'm not I'm not worrying about it. I mean, if I'm traded then hey, you know it happens, but that's that's definitely one of the least of my worries. You know, honestly, it's just a blessing to just be on the field now, you know? Yeah. And I mean, to be able to do what I'm doing every day, doing what I love, I mean, you, you can't, you can't want a better life, honestly.
1: Next on Great American Dream. <laughs> it's, it's part of it. You, you're, you're in AAA, you're in the bushes. That's just you gotta
3: realize that it's part of it. And if you don't like it, play better or play worse and stop playing. <laughs> so you just deal with it. You, Complaining doesn't doesn't do anything except for bring your mood down even more. So you just got to, it's, it's all part of it, and you got to deal with it.
1: Crit American Dream is hosted by me, C. Trent Rosecrans, produced by Amanda Rossman, and edited by Amy Wilson. Game coverage of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos is courtesy of 97.1 The Ticket, with play-by-play from Tommy Thrall and Chris Caragiola. You can follow the Blue Wahoos along all season on MILB.com, BlueWahoos.com, and WeAreSportsRadio.com. Follow the Tortugas all season long on their flagship stations, AM 1230 and AM 1490 WSBB, or streamed online through MyAM1230.com, DaytonaTortugas.com, or the TuneIn Radio app. Stay connected to your Cincinnati Reds with the Enquirer and Cincinnati.com, the go-to source for everything Reds. Never miss an update by signing up for a digital subscription that provides complete real-time coverage of all the games, a terrific mobile app for both your phone and iPad, and the news you won't get anywhere else.